Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. The Bible is clear and unambiguous that there is only one God, and He is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how many religions there are in the world, the only way to have our sins forgiven, to have a relationship with God as our Father, and to ultimately go to heaven when we die, is through receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. Indeed, God has given his word that it is only in Jesus that anyone will see heaven. Let's open our Bible now to 1 Peter chapter 1 and see what the Lord has for us. Good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. Today is Monday and we're here in Texas. Hopefully all y'all are doing well and uh, just growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. The Christian life um, is about growing in relationship with Jesus, growing to have more deep and intimate and consistent relationship with Jesus. Um, And that's not easy. Right. Having relationship with with really anyone is not easy. It takes time and effort and energy and love and forgiveness. Um, It takes repentance. It takes accountability and relationship with Jesus is is no different. Um, Really, we'll we'll get out of it what we put into it. And that's certainly the case with all relationships with with anyone, right? With our family, with our spouses, with our children, with our friends, with our colleagues. In relationship with Jesus is no different. The same with relationship with our Heavenly Father, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, the Christian life is about growing to know Jesus more intimately, growing to know our Heavenly Father in a more deep and intimate and profound way, growing to walk in unity with the Holy Spirit and hear his voice better and better and better. And the more we do that, the more meaning we will have in every aspect of our life. Um, The more eternal meaning we'll have, um, the more important the kingdom of God will be to us, the word of God, the son of God, um, and the less important the things of this world and the relationships of this world will be. And if most of us are candid and we just do a, a, a very honest examination of our lives, right? Um, the most important relationships in our lives are almost certainly our children and our parents and our family and our brothers and sisters and our closest friends, where the Bible clearly teaches that your most important relationship should be um, with the Holy Trinity, with with uh, your Heavenly Father, with with Jesus and with the Holy spirit. And so in order to develop that, you know, it does take time and effort and energy. And again, it's, it's the, it's the reason we do these, these teachings, these videos, these podcasts, um, is because the primary tool we have to develop this relationship and growth and intimacy with the Holy Trinity is the scriptures is the word of God. Um, uh, For those who who don't know what we do um, at Kingdom Discipleship, so 
our aim is to just teach the scriptures. Uh, there are various different types of preaching and teaching, and they all have their uses. Okay. Um, uh, there are, there are topical preachers or topical teachers where you pick a topic, um, and you teach or preach on that. Say you want to preach on love or you want to preach on forgiveness, or you want to preach on salvation. Um, you want to preach on repentance, whatever the topic is, you pick that topic and then you, you know, you, you study and find, you know, um, a half dozen or a dozen or how many different scriptures you want to support that topic. Um, we are, um, you know, we are a verse by verse teaching. Now, occasionally I'll do teachings on, on other things, but, but we teach the Bible verse by verse. So today, um, we're going to do first Peter chapter one, and, you know, hopefully we'll do uh, verses three through five. Maybe we'll get a little farther, but I doubt it. Um, and all we're going to do is read the words that are in first Peter one verses three, four, and five. So we're doing Bible study together. And all we're going to do is just read these verses. So, you know, you can open your Bible to the book of first Peter at the end of the new Testament. And, um, we're in chapter one and we're going to read verses three, four, and five. And so when you read them, you know, you want to read them and try to understand what the scripture is saying. And so that's simply what we do here. Okay. Um, the vast majority of the time we're just teaching the scriptures. We're just teaching. What do these scriptures mean? We're studying the verses and we're just going to extrapolate on the verses. We're going to exposit the verses. We're going to uh, open the verses. We're going to exegete the verses. That means to get the true meaning of these verses. What does Peter mean when he says these things? But then we go beyond that into exposition and application and how do they apply to our lives? And so, um, the purpose of this is that when you read your Bible and study your Bible, you, you know, you just want to get more skilled. You want to get better at just reading the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures slowly. So when you read a verse, you think about it, you chew on it, you roll it over, um, you look to understand it. And of course you look to most importantly, get application from your understanding so that you can, you know, apply it to your beliefs and apply it to your life. Um, as we've said before, the Bible is clear. Uh, we're commanded what to believe. Jesus commands us what to believe. He doesn't ask what we should believe. He commands us what to believe. We're commanded to trust in Jesus Christ as our only Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. And of course, we're commanded to be disciples of Jesus Christ, not merely Christians who believe in Jesus, but disciples who are lovingly trying to obey Jesus in, in every aspect of our lives and uh, repent where we fall short. So, um, all we're doing is studying the scriptures. And so if you have your Bible open, um, we're in first Peter chapter one, as I've said now several times, verses three, four, and five. Um, and if not, go ahead and open your Bible and just follow along, um, in the, uh, you know, in the notes on the podcast, there is the scripture is, is, is placed there in the notes. I don't know how we do that regarding the, uh, the, the video. Um, but we're in first Peter one verse three. We're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll read it and then we'll just uh, study the scripture together. Well, Father, we do thank you for your mercy and goodness. 
and favor and blessing on our lives. Father, we thank you for your love. And just, Father, your, uh, your, imme your immense goodness given to us in all things, and especially in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, as always, we thank you above all for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and God and King. Holy Spirit, we do ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the Word of God. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you see what I mean? When you, when you read these verses slowly, there are just, um, there are literally a dozen different things that should come to our mind. Okay. When you read these verses, you want to, you want to think about what's being said. You want to really read the verse slowly, kind of break it apart, pick it apart, and really get the meaning deep down in your soul, in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart of what's being said here. So this is how we do this, right? So you just simply go to verse three and you start with praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where that sentence ends. And so we just think about that. What is, you know, what comes to your heart, you know, when you, when you think on these verses, May? What are you thinking of when, when Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, of our Lord Jesus Christ? So we find in the heart of Peter a desire, you know, after his introduction, before he does anything else, he has an introduction in verses one and two, he introduces himself as an apostle. And then the first thing he does is give praise to our heavenly father. And you notice again, he says the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. We've said before that we have a Holy Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. They're all equally God. They're all omnipotent, all powerful. They're all omniscient, all knowing. Um, they're all omnipresent. They're all everywhere at all times. Um, they are one in the fact that they're God, but they're also three separate beings that have existed from all eternity. Um, and before asking for anything, before instructing anything, before before doing anything else, the first thing that comes to Peter's mind and heart when he starts this letter is to give praise to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, when you think about that, you know, the first thing we ought to glean is, you know, how much time do we spend praising our heavenly father, thanking our heavenly father, worshiping our heavenly father. Praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, candidly, I confess that, that, that I believe I personally need, um, you know, need, need some work in this. You know, I, uh, you know, in my prayer life, as I continue to, 
to try to grow and mature in my prayer life. Um, we, we want to also grow and mature in our life of praise and thanksgiving and worship, you know, to our heavenly father. Um, and, and it's just the first thing that comes to Peter's mind. Regrettably, oftentimes I move right into prayer or, um, you know, just, uh, looking and thanking for things or looking and asking for things. I'm sorry. Um, as opposed to just taking time to praise my father and to worship him. And this is not just something we do in church. Of course, it's good that we do it in church. It's good that, that we go to church and that the music is singing and we're singing the hymns or the worship songs or whatever type of church you belong to. That's a wonderful, you know, uh, a time to praise and worship, uh, you know, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. They are the only ones, by the way, we praise and worship. Um, we don't praise and worship people, um, or, you know, servants of God or saints that have gone on to, to, to heaven. Um, only God, the father, God, the son, Jesus Christ, and God, the Holy spirit are the only ones we worship and praise and revere. And, uh, you know, they deserve all of our worship and praise. We don't again, praise human beings. Um, and so again, Peter starts the letter, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he is anything, he is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is important. There is only one God. Okay. And he is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is also God, God, the son who came and lived a perfect life for all humanity died a perfect death on the cross is alive and risen today. And it's only in Jesus Christ that we can have relationship with God, the father. What I'm saying is whatever all the religions want to call God. Okay. There is only one true God. So if there's any religion out there, okay, whether it be Islam, whether it be Hinduism, whether it be Buddhism, um, whether it be uh, Confucianism, um, uh, following the, 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 the writings of Confucius as Asians do, whatever it is. Okay. Um, if you're worshiping a God and he is not the father of the Lord Jesus Christ, as described in the Bible, then you're not worshiping the true God. You're not serving the true God and you have no relationship with the true God. The one true God is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherever you are today, um, in your understanding of God in your, you know, in your walk with God, you want to make sure that everything hinges, that your understanding hinges and that you are solidified that your God, whatever you call him, or wherever he is, is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who you understand gave his life for you, lived a perfect life for you on earth, willingly became a human man. God, the son, Jesus Christ willingly became a human man for you, lived a perfect life for you, died a perfect death for you and is indeed alive and risen. So whatever your understanding of God is, that must be solidified. Okay. 
we praise the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only God we praise, the only God we worship, the only God we honor. We honor no other God in any manner or in any way that's not the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ because there is no God, the Father. There is no God except the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only God there is. Uh, whatever you call him, undoubtedly, he's not as concerned with that. As long as you have the knowledge, the understanding, and the faith that he is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the simple, most pivotal, most foundational, and absolutely necessary, uh, necessary truth that you and I must always hold on to. That there is one God, and he is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's also God, and then the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of the Father and the Son, he's called in the Scriptures, is also God the Holy Spirit. So you see that in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I say this in almost every teaching. If you're not sure that you're God in your heart, is is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ meaning if you believe in God today and but you're not believing in a God that's the father of the Lord Jesus Christ go ahead and stop now and give your life to Jesus Jesus said in John 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me Jesus Christ is the only way for you to have your sins forgiven, for you to come into relationship with God as your father and to ultimately go to heaven when you die. So go ahead. If, you, if you're not certain, just stop right now and receive Jesus into your heart by faith. Just call on him and say, Lord Jesus, I do believe that you came and lived a perfect life for me and died a perfect death for me. And Jesus, I believe you are alive and risen. And Lord Jesus, I ask you now to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life, Jesus, and to save me from my sin and bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. If you genuinely and sincerely pray that prayer, Romans 10, 13 promises in the scriptures, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13 promises that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So have you called on Jesus sincerely to be the Lord of your life? And again, I just gave you that, that prayer a minute ago that you can use as a model. But what's important is that you mean the words that you call on Jesus and are trusting in him right now. If you are at this moment trusting in Jesus Christ as your only hope, your only Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins, then God the Father is your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and King, and the Holy Spirit is your guide and comforter and counselor. If you are not trusting in Jesus Christ, God the Father is not your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ is not your Lord. The Holy Spirit is not your guide and comforter. And you are still responsible for your sin. Regrettably, if 
we do not receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we have to spend eternity in hell paying for our sin. And that's, that's not, that's not, that's terrible. But that's what the scriptures teach. And so the most loving thing we do when we teach the scriptures is tell people about the goodness and the wonder of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, oftentimes that is what the scripture teaches, right? But we do primarily come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, to spend eternity in heaven and to avoid eternity in hell. But there is more than that. Okay. You notice it says in verse four here, it says um, that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse three, and into an inheritance, verse four, that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. So when you come to Jesus Christ, you don't only avoid hell, but you come into new life. You come into resurrection life. You become a new creation in Jesus Christ. You become spiritually alive and you, you are now actually an owner of an inheritance, but it's not an earthly inheritance. It's an inheritance that you receive automatically when you receive Jesus. Um, but it can never perish verse four. It can never spoil or it can never fade all earthly inheritance. Everything on this earth can and will ultimately perish, spoil, or fade. Matter of fact, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away for all eternity. Again, we'll have a remodeled heaven and a remodeled earth, but the word of God will never change. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is, or what I am saying is that it's exciting. We don't only receive Jesus to, you know, to avoid hell. We receive Jesus and there are immense benefits as well to coming to Jesus Christ. Now we do have to understand we're sinful and we desperately need a savior, but there are immense benefits even past that for giving your life to Jesus Christ today. It's incomprehensible. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. So praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse three, next sentence in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now when you read that sentence, do you see how, how just so, how there's so much in there, Scott, just when you read that sentence, there's like five or six things that, that ought to, that ought to really spur your, your thoughts about this verse. Okay. In his great mercy. Okay. We'll stop there. What is mercy? Mercy is when you and I do not get the punishment from God that we, we deserve. He's merciful to us. He doesn't punish us as our sins deserve. We've said it before. Um, as sinful humanity, the just punishment for us is to be separated away from our holy God for all eternity, spending eternity in hell, paying for our sin. That is what our, that's what would be right or just or proper for us to receive. But our father is merciful. He's merciful. That's why Jesus said in Matthew five, blessed are the merciful. They shall receive mercy. We have received so much mercy 
from our heavenly father if we are in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Again, all of our sin, past, present, and future, all of our wrongdoings, all of our wickedness, all of our disobedience, all of that, our heavenly father credits to Jesus Christ at the cross when you receive Jesus into your heart. And the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived, our heavenly father credits to us. You see that exchange? It's kind of an amazing, exciting thing, right? All of my sin, past sin, present sin, and any future sin I'll commit is credited to Jesus as if he did it. Amazing. And the perfect righteous life he lived on this earth, Dustin, is credited to me as if I lived his life. And that exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. It's the heart of all Christianity. It's uh, it's exciting. But all of that is a mercy to us. We didn't deserve it at all. It's a gift of God. It's by the grace of God. Grace, you know, we hear the word, um, I don't know, some 60 times in the New Testament. God's grace is when we get blessings from God, that we do not deserve. That's his grace. Um, mercy, as I just said, is when we do not get punishment from God that we do deserve. So you see the difference? Grace, when we receive blessings from God that we do not deserve. Mercy, when we do not receive punishment from him that we do deserve. Two amazing wonderful words, right? Armando, right? Ezekiel, we want both of these things. So, in his great mercy, we are, everything begins with the mercy of our God and Father in our lives. Not because we're wonderful, because we're not, because we're sinful. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now, Again, if you're reading this, you're just studying your scripture. What does this mean? In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. What does he mean by new birth? Okay. Cause when we, we think about birth, right, Matthew, we just, you know, we were born, we came from our mother's womb, um, you know, at the time of our birth on the day of our birth. So what is he talking about here? New birth. Okay. Well, the Bible speaks of a new birth, um, where in John three, you can read the story of Jesus going to, to Nicodemus and explaining to Nicodemus that he has to be born again. He needs a new birth. Nicodemus doesn't understand. Nicodemus, like you and I, is thinking, you know, how he actually says, how can I be born again? How can a man be born again when he's old? I can't get back into my mother's womb and come back out. And Jesus explains he's not talking about a physical birth. He's talking about a spiritual birth. Okay. This is what Peter says, right? It's in your Bible. It's in every Bible in the world. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. So if you've received Jesus Christ today, you have a, a new birth. You've become a new creation. Okay. You've become alive. You've become reborn not naturally or physically, 
You already have that when you came from your mother's womb. But when you came from your mother's womb, you were naturally alive, but your spirit was dead to God because of sin, because of the sinful nature that you have and that I have. Our spirit was dead to God at the moment of our conception. So although we entered the world naturally and physically alive, we were spiritually dead. Our spirit and God is spirit. So our spirit is what has relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Um, but how can we have relationship when we are spiritually dead? We can have relationship with other physically alive human beings, and we do. But in order to have relationship with, with our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father is, is spirit. He doesn't have a, a flesh, okay? Jesus did become a human man and take on a human flesh and actually has a resurrected body. But God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, and we're going kind of deep here, are pure spirit, right? Now, Jesus is also God, and, and, and in his spirit is God, right? But in order for us to have relationship with God, who is spirit, we have to have our spirits alive, right? Dead people don't have relationship with anything. So although we're naturally alive again, right, Dustin, we're spiritually dead. So we need new birth. We need to become spiritually alive. Now, this happens, this new birth happens that Peter was talking about. At the moment you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, genuinely, when you, when you genuinely and sincerely call out for Jesus to be the Lord of your life, believing in him as your only Lord and Savior, Master and King and God, trusting in him for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And when you call on him in prayer, as we just did earlier, and ask him to come into your heart, he actually does that. The Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes and joins himself to your spirit. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus comes and comes into your spirit and joins himself to your spirit. You become one in spirit with the spirit of Jesus Christ and the incredible power of God, the Holy Spirit gives you an explosion of spiritual life, right? When you call on Jesus to come into your heart, he actually does come into the center of your being, which is your spirit, and becomes one with your dead spirit. And when he joins himself to your dead spirit, your dead spirit comes into an explosion of new life, right? You are born again at that moment. You come into new birth spiritually. And now at this point, you're not only naturally and physically alive, but you're spiritually alive. Your spirit now is alive from the new birth that happened from the Holy Spirit joining himself and becoming one with your spirit. Does that make sense? Um, and now in this new state of spiritual life, as this new spiritually alive creature, right? You have fellowship and community and oneness with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You have this incredible relationship now with Jesus Christ. And as I already said, we spend the rest of our lives growing in this relationship. 
and really being devoted to this relationship, growing in intimacy with our heavenly father and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. And it's literally the greatest thing ever, ever, right? Now, again, we come into this needing a savior for the forgiveness of our sin and the salvation of our soul. But this is one of the great, incredible kind of consequences is that we have this incredible new birth that brings us into incredible relationship. God, the father becomes our heavenly father, Lauren, and Jesus becomes our Lord and savior and master and King. He becomes our husband. We become the bride of Christ. And the, as I said, the Holy spirit becomes our guide and our comforter and our counselor. It's uh, it's amazing. Um, but it says in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. We talked about that into a living hope, right? It's now a living hope because you're not spiritually dead anymore. And it's a living hope because it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see how we're just reading along. And so we're just we're, we're thinking on the scripture. We're looking for man. What is Peter trying to say here? Well, you have this new birth and I explained how that happens. Um, you have new birth into a living hope because you're not dead anymore spiritually, right? You're spiritually alive. And now as a spiritually alive being, you actually have a living hope before you receive Jesus, you're spiritually dead and you have no hope or you have some kind of dead hope. There's no hope at all. But we have in the new birth, the spiritual new birth, which is we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, because our hope is not in a dead Jesus. I've said this before. Muhammad's still in the grave. Buddha's still in the grave. Confucius is still in the grave. Jesus Christ is risen in our risen, resurrected Jesus Christ gives us hope, complete and total confidence that because he is resurrected, we too will be resurrected. When we leave this life in our death, or when Jesus comes back, we will be taken from this life. And we too will have resurrection life in heaven for all eternity. And that's a new living hope beginning with that new spiritual birth that all the days of our lives, we have this incredible living hope, um, this resurrection hope that comes from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's amazing. Verse four, living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse four, and into an inheritance. We already talked about this. We have this hope, right? Like I said, when you come to Jesus Christ, you have this incredible and into an inheritance, this incredible inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade kept in heaven for you, right? It's kind of exciting, isn't it? That if you're in Jesus Christ today, or if you'll give your life to Jesus Christ today, not only will your sins be forgiven, but you have this exciting hope, Jason, right? My brother Jason's always talking about hope. You have this exciting hope this inheritance. And it's for certain. It's absolute. It cannot perish, spoil, or fade. And it's kept in heaven for us. We are experiencing that even now in the new birth and in our relationship with Jesus. And we'll have it in fullness when we go to heaven. Isn't that exciting? It's amazing. Right, Terry? Um, thank you, Jesus. 
kept in heaven for you, verse 5, and we'll end here, kept in heaven for you, verse 5, who through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, who through faith are shielded by God's power. Yeah. Your faith in Jesus Christ is a shield. Okay. Your faith in Jesus Christ produces a shield who through faith are shielded by God's power. Okay. You have a shield of faith that comes from the power of God. And that's there. Verse five, look at who through faith are shielded by God's power. We have a protection. Our faith is a shield and a protection until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. What does that mean? That means if you're in Jesus Christ today, you are protected and shielded by your living faith in Jesus Christ, by your current faith and trust and reliance in Jesus Christ. You are shielded and protected by the power of God until you leave this life and go to heaven at your death or until Jesus comes back and takes you to be with him. Either way, if you're in Jesus Christ today, you have this incredible inheritance that can never spare, uh, spoil, perish, or fade. And you and I are shielded by God's power. Who through faith are shielded by God's power? The power of God obviously is, a, is, a, is an incomprehensible statement or concept, right? Uh, remember, God created the entire universe in that uh, that that time space continuum, Dustin. He created all that by his word. He spoke it and all of this came about that, believe it or not, was a modest representation of the power of our heavenly father. Yeah. Right. We can see the the power of of God in Jesus Christ throughout the gospel. You'll remember they were, they were, they were on the, like a sea, like the sea of Galilee and a, and a, and a, and a massive hurricane storm comes on and these professional fishermen who've been on the water their whole lives believe they're going to die. It takes a lot for a professional fisherman to believe he's going to die. And Jesus is asleep. They wake him up and they say, don't you care? We're going to drown. And he just sits up looks around and says three words, quiet, be still. He says to the raging hurricane, right? And immediately everything goes calm. How's that for power? It goes on to say that the disciples were terrified. Obviously not from the hurricane anymore. The sea is perfectly calm. They're terrified from who's ever sitting in the boat. And they say, who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? We have never had an invention, nor will we ever have an invention that can stop the destruction of what we call mother nature, right? She's called mother nature because she's our parent. We're not hers, right? Mother nature has the power to utterly destroy and we can do nothing but run from her, right? Even in 2021, 
The only technology we have is to warn us that mama's coming. Right? That's all we have is the technology that can warn us mama's coming and to get out of the way. Right? You remember when the hurricanes come, the mayors come on, the governors come on and say, get out of the state. Mama's coming. That's all that we have. Right? We have no power to stop her. <laughs> but Jesus does. Right? Jesus can look in Mother Nature because Jesus is Mother Nature's daddy, right? Jesus created Mother Nature. Mother Nature was created by the power of Jesus. We're talking about you're shielded by this power, right? Since Mother Nature created the power of Jesus, Jesus could tell Mother Nature to calm down in three words. Imagine one of the biggest hurricanes in your state or when you think of all the big hurricanes around the world that have killed millions and millions of people in different countries and in, in our own country in the United States. And Jesus could just look at that hurricane. By the way, after being woken up from a nice nap during the hurricane and just look and say, quiet, be still. And it all immediately stops. That's power. You and I, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, are shielded by that same power of God until we either go home, until we die and go home to be with Jesus, until he returns to come get us. That's pretty exciting. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, you see how we just studied those three verses and how we just picked them apart and we just thought through them. That's how we study our Bible. That's how you want to begin to study your Bible more and more, Esther, right? Um, so, well, Father, we just love you and we bless you and we thank you and we praise you. We thank you again, Father, for the incredible living word of God. Father, we do praise you and worship you and thank you and love you. And we agree. And we say, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you and we proclaim you to be the only Lord of heaven and earth and our only Savior and Lord and Master and King and God. Jesus, we worship you and we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that for your mercy in our lives. We thank you that we were objects of such tremendous mercy. And we ask you to help us to live lives of being merciful to others. We thank you, Father, for our new birth. We thank you that, that we have relationship with you in a living hope through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, and we thank you, Lord, that um, we have an inheritance that has already begun in our current relationship, but that'll be fulfilled in heaven, that'll never perish or spoil or fade. And uh, we just thank you for your power, Father, that shields us and keeps us and protects us until the coming of our salvation, when we go home to be with Jesus or until Jesus comes to get us. Holy Spirit, we love you. We bless you and we thank you. We commit this time into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.